Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. I am here with my co-host, Coach Manchi from Kimberly. Coach, how are we doing? Hey, we're doing awesome today. It's uh, state wrestling in Wisconsin here, state tournament. And uh, we think of wrestling, I think of nationally, I think of guy Dan Gable. And our guest today has got a huge uh, connection with Dan Gable. And then I think of the state of Wisconsin wrestling our guest has had a huge impact on wrestling in the state. So super excited today. Well, I'm, I'm overly excited to, to have Coach Davis, Coach Barry Davis on our podcast today. Um, Barry, it was a, a colleague of mine at Wisconsin uh, for the time that I was there. And he was more than just a colleague to me. He was, he was a mentor, um, always, always in a very positive attitude. Um, would come down to the weight room many times um, to get his get his shakes or just to talk. Brought so much energy to the table, um, but he's also a good friend. And you know, we we had his daughter on, Amy Dean, uh, who did an incredible job. We're going to bring Coach Davis on, but Dean, before before we start here, I just want to do a little little uh, plug for Sports Advantage real quick here. Um, the the WFCA Combine is coming up, obviously. Uh, April 30th, we are starting a seven-week uh, football combine prep session for all athletes, for football athletes that are going to that combine or any other combines. And Dean, we're doing it in three different three different levels. One is a full gamut, so you get four four days of strength and conditioning plus our Sunday combine, you know, preparatory day, which is an hour and a half for those kids that that you know want to get a full gamut of training. The second one is just the speed work, so that's for kids that already are. are are doing their lifting at their high school, which a lot of our, our kids already are, but to get into our elite speed four days a week and then also um, have that Sunday combine prep. And then the third option is just a Sunday prep for kids that are in season as well as you know work training at their school. So prepping for combines, as, as Dean, you and I know, is, is a whole different deal. And you know it takes a lot more than just getting under the bar and, and doing stuff like that. So um, yeah. Quick shout out to uh, Coach England, who was our Kimberly wrestling coach. He was the FBA, Fox Valley Association coach of the year. And just another quick shout out, because obviously everyone knows I teach at Kimberly High School. We had a couple wrestlers that are currently wrestling at the state tournament. And I know they listen to the podcast. And Tyson Peach, and good luck to him. And also Carson Otis, who are going to be wrestling at the state meet today. And we've got from Beaver Dam, Gabe Klatt, who's in the finals tonight at 195 and he's a beast. He's like 50 and one, but let's get to the main event here, Dean. Let's get, let's get coach Davis on coach. How we doing you over there? I'm here. Ready to go. All right, coach. Uh, give us a little bio. Tell us a little bit about yourself and let's, let's dig into what ma makes Barry Davis tech. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I just uh, had a good college career, you know, won three state titles, three national championships, uh, a couple Olympic teams, two world medals, Olympic medal, but um and it makes me tick is motivating people, motivating athletes. Um, just trying to make myself and others better every day. That's the whole key. Giving back. Barry, in the 80s, you know, Iowa wrestling was just huge. Kind of like Duke basketball in the 90s. And you were coached by a legend coach in Dan Gable. And you were a four-time All-American. So what was that experience like, that Iowa experience and, and being coached by a legend? Um, you know, it's great experience. You know, you had a lot of great guys in the room. The goal wasn't 
if we were going to win the NCAAs, it was how many national champions are we going to have? That was our attitude in our first set of outing. And um, everywhere we went was like an entourage. Every every uh, venue we went to was a packed house. People came to see the Hawkeyes compete uh, at that level. But uh, we put the time in. You know, Coach Gaywood drove us hard. Um, and like you said, people would say, you know, you know, he would he put you these unbelievable workouts. You know, he he'd uh, get really deep in that muscle tissue and training, mental stuff, physical stuff that way. But uh, he expected the best from you day in and day out. And um, he learned to accept that and understand that. Um, the key was before workouts, you always took time to prepare yourself for training before you even got there. You just couldn't walk in and be ready to go. You took time during the day to think about your workout, what you need to do to be better that day, as well as make your teammates better. And that's the whole key to training. I, mean, I walk in, I'm ready to go. It's not walking in ready to go. It's what you do during the day when you face or when you first wake up, what's your mindset for that day? Your day's planned around your training. You don't plan your training around your day. Coach, I, you know, with, with wrestling being an individualized sport, right? I mean, you're, you're man on man. How, what, what were some of the things that Coach Gable did for you guys, you know, to make it a, a team sport, right? I mean, you took a lot of pride, obviously, in wearing that, that Hawkeye gear and because you were a program. But I think in today's day and age, right, kids are, you know, it's all about me, 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 me. Like, what, did Co what are some of the things that Coach did for you guys to make it about the program as well as, you know, your, you, you know, cause you want to have individual success, but you know, with the individual success, the team success, right? So how, what are some of the things he did with that? Well, he thought it was, it was emphasized team all the time, total team effort, you know, um, <laughs> lifting your teammates up, being there as a training partner, same time, you know, everybody has to do, everybody has to do their job. So he always talked about team, everybody being ready mentally, physically, you know, if something happens to somebody, your next guy up, be ready to go. Um, so he dressed things that way. He understood real quick that one guy can't win your team a national championship. It takes 10 as well as everybody in the room to win, et cetera. So that's, that's the thing. If you want to be great, you know, yeah, it's, it's an individual sport. Even football can be an individual sport. Hey, I'm a, I'm a defensive end. I at the left side. All I do is cover the left. No, you cover the whole field. You make sure in their in, in their positions doing their job. So, understand, the team success contributes to your success, and your success contributes to the team success. And you want to be on a great team. You know, put out your effort and motivate somebody else. You want to be great as well, too. You can't be great without everybody else being great either. So you want to be a great standout. Stand out yourself, but have your team stand out at the same time. Make things even that much better because every year is there, we won a national championship. Not too many guys can say that. Coach, so so being a national champion, you know, um, and I played for a, a very intense coach. Um, and there's very, I think, very few coaching personalities nowadays uh, where complacency doesn't, you know, sink in and where, where there's not a drop off after you have a, you know, big success, you know, so you guys were a national champ, you were, you know, an all American, um, you know, you can look at a guy like a Nick Saban, where it, there's never a drop in the intensity, right? So what are some of the things you personally did, Barry, um, once you, you know, reached all American status, once you were an all American, you know, national champion, 
that next, you know what I mean? Because a lot of times yeah. you, yeah. you think, well, I'm the best. So, you know, what are some of the things that, that you did not to get complacent? Because it's really hard not to. Well, you got to understand um, the first year also that at 118, uh, all American next year, I won the national championship. Next year, moved up a weight class. Say, hey, listen, I won at 18. Now I won at 126. So that's a motivating factor there. In my senior year, hey, I want to leave and get my hand raised that way. But everybody every was focused on, hey, I want to be a national champion. See, what I did was this. Before I won it, it if you're a national champion, you get your picture in the office. So I wasn't worried about being a national champion. I wanted my picture in the office. That took my focus away. Hey, I want to win a national championship. Well, so I thought about guys freeze up and if I just score one more point or one takedown, I win. You, you can't think that way. You guys say, hey, I want you want to be a national champion? No, I want my picture in the office. That's that was a driving force. In order to do that, I didn't win a national championship. But my mind can relax that way and and hey, you know, focus like that. Um, but it's the idea of, of, you know, there's a lot of one-timers, a lot of two, you know, less two-timers and less three-timers. So that's what you got to think. You want to be successful. How many guys achieve this? Well, I want to achieve it more than once. You need to build that way. And you know, try to be one of the all-time greats. And that's the way you got to look at it. Um, so many guys just like, wow, I want, we had one guy by the name of Mark Brown. I, I won a national championship. That's all, that's all it was. Make sure even in place. Gable said, your goal was just to win a national championship, and you did, because you wanted the year too early. When it junior year, not your senior year. Right. So I think you got to set goals, but it has to be multiple goals at the same time. Barry, in college, you had a unique situation, and you took a redshirt year, and you went to go compete in Olympics in L.A. And so tell us a little bit about that experience, you know, representing your country in the great sport of wrestling. And then was the training any different from the college um, preparation with the Olympic preparation? The only, the only difference was that uh, it's a different style of wrestling. You talk about international. We're the only country that wrestles collegiate style wrestling. Or they call it folk style wrestling. The rest of the world competes either Greco-Roman, which is a waist up. You can only attack. Or freestyle. You can attack the whole body. But the point system is different. Time of the match is different, et cetera. So the training was the same as far as intensity-wise and focus, et cetera, but um, just a different style. So you, you had to learn different skills and techniques in different situations. But here's the funny thing about that is this. The year before, I made the world team. Um, and then and I took a red shirt in 84 to make the Olympic team. So I was the number one guy going into 84. And I lost more matches that year than I did my whole college career. Um, so I kind of hit a slump. I, I second guessed it. A few things here, a couple of losses, a few things there. Um, one time, things were going really bad for me. And um, I was in the room training. I was the game, it was, hey, Barry, can you stop by and see me in the office? Uh, we can get done working out today. I said, yeah, no problem, coach. Be right in. I go in the office, hey, just so you know, Mike Land, from a former Iowa State National Champion, he took I think six in the world the year before, or 81 at the weight class above me. Because, hey, just so you know, Mike Land called me today, wants to come on here and start training in in uh, our room because he's an Olympic, I'm an Olympic coach. And uh, my job is, is to train the guys on the Olympic team. So 
but just so you know, Mike Lance could be in the room training here. And, um, you know, ask me questions about you, how to beat you. I got to tell him. I said, that's fine. Tell me anything you want. Because that's your job as an Olympic coach. Your job is to um, put the best team possible out of the map. So what you got to do. Now I have, I'm in a little bit of a slump. Things aren't going well. Uh, I have a new guy coming in the room from Iowa State and gave us Olympic coach. I was going to coach against me. You know, he never, he never did it before because you know, I was one of his athletes. And then things weren't going again, weren't going well either. I lost a few more matches, et cetera. Same thing. Hey, Barry, you get a chance to the office to see me. I want to see him again in the office about three weeks later. Hey, just so you know, Mark Mangiani coming in from Arizona State. Which training room as well, too. We started on the weight class. And I want you to go 125 and a half now. Same thing with Mike Land. Ask me any questions. I got a coach against you. So now I have two guys coming in to the Iowa room. And it was, you know, teaching them technique and doing things. And we're competing. They came out of the World Cup that year. And uh, came up between four guys. Gene Mills, former Olympian. Land was a, um, took sixth in the world. Kevin Darkus. I beat the NCAAs and myself. So we had to wrestle off for the World Cup team. And so Mills got went 0-2. Darkest Lane and I all three beat each other. But Lane scored seven points uh, in both matches. I had scored six and Darkest scored six. So we gave up and said, hey, guys, here's the deal. I got to take Lane. He scored seven. You guys both scored six. I said, yep, I get it, coach. And, you know, it's, it's the right choice you got to make, you know. You feel bad about it, but that's what you got to do. So, you know, trying to work through my slump and just keep training and doing things. But, um, you know, gave us coach Atlanta World Cup. I'm sitting there helping the team, support the team. That's my job. I'm not, I'm not the guy in the team, but you know, I'm an American. I want our team to win and be the best possible. So I got to do my job. I can't pout do that because it's not what a good teammate does. That's what you're supposed to do. Awesome. I didn't do my job. I'm not blaming coach Gable it was on me, not anybody else. But at the end, uh, things worked out in the making Olympic team and that beat land like, I don't know, 12 to two, you know, in a tournament, et cetera, and ran the Very gauntlet up taking second that year. But you know, we're going to, we're going to have those type of things, Brian, you know, how kids go through that mentally, physically, but you just got to work through those tough times. You got to figure things out. You, you've got to, um, keep working. You just can't stop working because things aren't going well. Kid, you got to train and learn and do those type of things there. But, um, it worked out, but you know, sometimes as a coach, you can't blame everybody else but yourself. But um, that was tough, though. You have your college coach, two other guys coming in your facility. He's an Olympic coach. That's his, that's his job to do that. But it all worked out at the end for me. Coach, just before we get into your, your coaching and, and things like that, what, what was it like to be in the Olympics? I mean, oh, what was it like? Yeah. I mean, uh, just like being around so many other just incredible athletes. Yeah, I, I got to see. Uh, I mean, it was in the U.S., which is so cool. Yeah. I, you know, like Mary Lou Retton, the gymnast that won the gold medal. Carl all Lewis. Bart Connor, all those guys, and Carl Lewis, everybody. It was fantastic. You know, we're up in uh, on the like, UCLA campus in the dorms there in the high rise. So the swimming pool, we could look out our window. I'm right about on the 12th or 13th floor. We could look out the window, and the Olympic pool was right there. So watching Olympic games on TV, we turned the volume of the TV down, open the window, can hear all the fans yelling right there while you're watching on TV. It was awesome. And you're on the best of the best. And all these people you've seen before the Olympic games, you just see them walking around the Olympic village. It's unbelievable. 
this is different now because you didn't have COVID back then when you could actually go and talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, you're on Carl Lewis. Yeah. All the, all the sprinters, the weightlifters. I mean, it was like, uh, you know, basketball players, you just walk around. It was right there, and you know, hundreds of athletes in one village, and this person eat right next to your table. You, you're in line next to so-and-so. It was, it was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, then Coach, you um, you went on. You, you, you were the coach at Wisconsin for 20-plus years. Mm -hmm. um, how were some of the lessons and success you had as an athlete helped you to transition into coaching? Um, you know, and, and things like that. I mean, being a coach for over 20 years and, and a lot of lessons obviously learned both in facing adversity, like you talked about and success. Um, how are some of the things that you were able to take from your career and kind of instill those into your coaching philosophy? I think the key as a coach is to remember what you went through with an athlete. Um, so many coaches forget that. How did you feel during certain workouts? Um, guys going through a slump. I went through a slump. So the key as a coach is try to revert in your mind back as an athlete, some things you went through and some things they're going through as young kids. And um, that helped me the most as a coach. But the key is letting those kids know that you're there for them. They can call you anytime, day or night. And that you're, you got to be a father figure for them. Right. You know, and the coach at the same time, some of those kids didn't have a father figure. But the key is to teach them to be accountable to themselves, to their teammates, community university, et cetera. You know, they all had a job to do. And however you conduct yourself in the room or out of the room, you're still representing this team and this program. So think twice before you do certain things. And uh, <clears throat> that's the whole, and Gabe said the same thing. You're representing, you know, the university, the history, yourself, Etc. So it's going to be, it's key the way you think and how you do things day in and day out and how you handle your business. That's going to be the key to success. That's the one thing that those guys there, it's a guy, it'd be a good student, good teammate, be accountable, all those type of things there. But you know, you, you got to so keep track of one guy's an athlete. Now you can keep track of 32 guys. But it's like anything else, it's like setting goals. Everybody wants to set one goal. Well, like in my life, I got like multiple goals. I got my kids, my grandkids. I got two brothers. I got a mom and dad. I got a, a job here, certain nutrition. You know, people rely on me. So I have multiple goals. I think if you have multiple goals, that keeps you motivated a lot of different ways. You never get stale and, and try to be successful. One thing I've noticed, Barry, before I let Dean go again, is with wrestling, you know, and there's, I've seen videos of you with guys, you know, at the national meet and things like that, where you have like one of your assistants um, on the mat. Um, and I think that's really unique, you know, and obviously you're, you're very animated when the guys are wrestling and things like that. But can you explain kind of the, cause I don't think a lot of our listeners may understand, you know, why the head coach may not be with a certain guy and, and why an assistant may be. Well, some of the assistant works, you know, with, I work with everybody on the team. Some sit have certain weight classes. Yep. So there's better, there's, there's like, they understand each other a lot more verbiage wise and uh, thought wise when they're coaching. So it's important to get, put the right people, that athlete, to give him, his, give him the best chance of winning. That's the key. But also those coaches have to understand too, the better coaches they become, the better, you know, our team comes at the same time. So, you know, they, you gotta give them accountability too 
and uh, put them in pressure situations where they understand how to coach, how to, how to you know, strategize the match, et cetera. So you're not only teaching athletes, but you're teaching assistants at the same time because assistants become better, athletes come better, same with recruiting everything. So you've got to be able to use people around you. And that's the key to being successful. Same with an athlete. Use the guys around you to be successful. Um, you know, there's certain things you're not good at. Ask this athlete, you know, how can I be better here or there? Or hang around those guys more often for, you know, motivating factor at the same time. So some, some guys aren't self-motivated. You're not self-motivated. Put yourself or somebody else that's motivated to make you more accountable. So it all goes hand in hand. Well, I think, Dean, and you've experienced this with, with Steve. You know what I mean? I mean, put, put your, you know, you have to empower your coaches too, right, Barry? And Dean, both you guys are, have, you know, you, you have to give people accountability because if you're just a dictator, you know, over, you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm in, you know, I mean, I'm in charge of everything. Everybody's going to do what I say. And I've worked for guys like that. Um, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you, you know what I mean? You got to empower the people you work with to, to have a, a more cohesive group. Well, you have to understand too, Brian, that, uh, when I was trying to thought here, yeah, even as a head coach, I said, guys, this is the deal. We're going to have a meeting here. I'm not always right. Let's all talk about these ideas. Let's get the best idea. Let's run with it. That's the whole key. Because, you know, as a head coach, you're always, you always leave the window open for learning. That's the key. That's how you become more successful. Have open mind. And sometimes we have meetings. I know it wasn't the best idea. Maybe Kyle Rochelle or Trevor, Trevor Brim had a better idea. All right, let's go with that. And uh, but the key is this too, you've got to sit together as a coach that when the decision is made, you all got to be on the same page at the same time. So it kind of goes hand in hand. But it, as an athlete, as a coach, always have open mind to learning and growing. Barry, I think of the sport of wrestling, and you know, I think of toughness comes to my mind right away. And as a high school physical education teacher and coach all my life, seen a lot of kids go out for wrestling, and then all of a sudden, you know, they hit a little adversity and. They, you know, they, they take the path of least resistance and they quit. And you, you've had the opportunity to be able to coach so many guys in your career. So this might be a real difficult question for you. But if you had to pick one guy that you just love to coach because of his toughness, who would that person or that athlete be? I'd be Matt Hanuki. <laughs> Pittsville, Wisconsin, one of my favorite guys. Yeah, I coach a lot of really good guys. You know, Tommy Clum was probably the smartest athlete I've ever coached. Uh, he could adjust, make it right there on the mat. He was good that way. But as far as pure toughness and pound for pound, it would be Matt Hanuki uh, from uh, Pittsburgh, Wisconsin. About my size, uh, you know, not because he's a small guy, but this is his mentality. He's a four-time All-American, never won the national championship, and him turned his ACL, but the guy was great to coach. He just hard nose as well, too. And that's what I like. I like that type of hard nose grinding at the same time. But at the same time, you can't always coach that way because everybody's different. Right. So as a coach, I had to learn how to coach guys long and lanky, short and stocky. So you're always looking to make adjustments. But deep down, you always have that one guy or a couple guys in that style you like. But again, as a coach to be successful, you got to coach multiple styles, multiple personalities at the same time. But yeah, Matt Duke is, is one of my favorite for sure. It's a smile on my face every time I say it. 
So Barry, if I, if I was a high school wrestler and I was listening to this podcast right now, and obviously you recruited so many athletes when you, you were at Wisconsin to come to university, what were some of the things as a coach or your coaching staff that when you were looking and you were, uh, you know, evaluating high school athletes, for example, like if you were at the state tournament, what are some of the things that you would really be looking for to, to be able to get those people to fit in with the culture of the Wisconsin wrestling program at that time? Like you look for guys who are looking to build a lead, not hang on to a lead. That's one. Um, you know, how he handles himself in a, in a tight situation, tight match. Um, you know, he's looking at the corner, trying to get advice from his coaches. Was he waving them off? Um, those type of things there. So it's not just applicability. It's personality at the same time. Is he a team player? Is he willing to listen? Is he willing to adapt? Is he willing to make changes? All that comes into play because, again, at the high school, good in high school doesn't mean you're going to be good in college. Good in college doesn't mean you're going to be good international. Is he willing to learn? Is he willing to make adjustments? Is he willing to, you know, to have – to look outside the box a little bit. That's critical. And um, is he willing, what kind of price is he willing to pay? So that's the whole key is being flexible and broaden your mind in a sport of wrestling. So it's like with Brian, with Amy, you know, Amy went there, you know, Brian's, he, he, all right, Amy, you're getting stronger. Now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do this. She, she listened, she adjusted and Brian brought her along. And uh, that's, that's one thing that I really respect about what Brian does there. You know, he is, number one, he is the key to um, uh, the, the success that he needs to have, you know, his athletes need to have. But he adapts to the athlete, but at the same time, they adapt to him. And um, that's, Brian, all the years you worked with Amy, I really respect what you're doing for her. You really open her mind up and let her grow. And doing that, that's why she continues to train with you to this day, even though she's in Michigan. So I think as a coach, you know, you got to bring that out of an athlete. And like, you know, Brian does it with what he does, you know, with your athletes there, Brian, at the same time. So that's amazing what you're doing. I really appreciate that. Well, I appreciate it, Barry. Amy was obviously one of our first first uh, athletes ever. You said sports advantage when I left Wisconsin. And, and before we get into Amy, Barry, you know, when I left Wisconsin, you were one of the first ones to just be there and be supportive of everything, you know, you knew I was going through personally um, and, and whatnot, but let's get into Amy a little bit um, because I think there's obviously a misconception because she's a cross country runner. She's not tough. She's probably one of the toughest athletes I've ever coached. Um, but as a parent now of a elite athlete, because she is an elite athlete, um, how do you go about inspiring her? But also, you know, one of the things she, she talked about, and this is going to be very unique to get your perspective, Barry, one of the things she talked about is that you and, and your wife had a perfect blend of, because you were both elite athletes, of making sure you inspired her and pushed her, but didn't force it on her. You know, you allowed her to experience the success, experience growth, experience failure. Uh, you were always there for her. But we see that with a lot. And we did a podcast a couple, you know, a couple of podcasts ago about helicopter parents that are always in, in, involved in everything and things like that. So how has your coaching and, and athletic experience guided you in being a parent to an elite athlete? Uh, because it's really hard for a lot of people to do that. Yeah, well, I think the first thing that, that occurred, I knew what you were doing. I knew about you. We had a great relationship while we were at Wisconsin. And I knew what you're trying to build now, what you've built now, what you're doing. So when Amy wanted to, 
I just needed to get stronger and say, hey, Dad, I want to, you know, I had to go to Brian Bott. And we talked about it, but I already knew who you were, et cetera. And, and so here's what, I said, here's what I'm going to do is this. I will buy you 100 sessions with Coach Bot. Okay? But so you know, I'm not going to wake you up. I'm not going to take you there. You can take yourself there. If everything goes well, I'll buy you 100 more. If not, I'm out. So because I said, Amy, here's the deal. Truth be told, just a second, Barry, for our listeners, Amy would train between 5.30 and 6 a.m. every morning before school. Yep. And and a, a, a clause in that was if she had just just so all of our athletes understand this, if she had to be at school early, she would text me. Barry wouldn't text me. She would text me. This is a sophomore, junior, senior in high school and ask if she could come earlier or reschedule for a different day. Not, mm-hmm. hey, I can't make it today. I'll see you on Wednesday. It was not an option to miss a session. So she either wanted to come earlier and, or she wanted to come on a different day, which rubbed off on the other girls that were with her. So sorry to cut you off, but I think that's, she took ownership after you gave it to her. Well, yeah, I said, hey, here's the deal. If you want to, you want to be successful, Amy, it's got to come from you. Okay, I, I'm not the one, I'm not going to drive you there. I'm not going to get you up, et cetera. Okay, you got a job to do. If you want to be great, it's got to come from you. If I need to be there all the time to push you. It's never going to work. So I made her accountable from the get-go. And um, she did all that. So sometimes as a parent, sometimes I'd be up before she got up. Sometimes I got up when she got up. Sometimes I just lay in bed and listen. <laughs> I heard when she got up, go downstairs and make, make a couple pieces of toast, something to drink, and take off. Now, some days I did drive her because the weather was bad. I, I had to do that. So she was 16. So the weather got really bad. Sometimes I would drive her just because really bad weather. Okay, she just started driving. I would do that, but I think out of those 100 sessions, one time I had to get her up. Next year came around, she goes, hey, Barry, uh, is Amy? I said, yep, Amy's coming back. Don't worry about it. The other 100 sessions, we're good to go. The best the best part about that, Dean, <clears throat> is like I kind of, there were, there were some days I wanted bad weather because anytime Barry drove Amy, he always showed up with a coffee for me. he go he come come in and the other thing too barry that that you have no idea like how cool it was for me is on some of those days like we would have our adult boot camps or some other athletes barry wouldn't just come up and talk to me he would talk to some of our adults you know he would talk to some of the other kids you know he'd he'd always have encouragement for everybody and so you know you know being a coach is in his blood and it's just it you know yeah yeah, but Brian, the key is this though, you know, uh, I didn't really take a lot, a lot of the workouts. I'd leave and then come back if I drove her and pick her up. But I knew she was in good hands. I knew, you know, you had her best interest uh, and, her, and her best interest to be successful in what she did. And again, again today, last year, she was in the Olympic trials. That was because of you. Not because of Nan and I, it was because of you and your dedication, et cetera. But again, as a parent though, if you you always got to get your kid up, motivate your kid that you know what it's not going to work. It's got to come from within, and do that. So I let her I let her do that. So same thing when she put that what shoe company she wanted one for. You had three different companies, either Adidas, Under Armour, or Brooks. You know, pick out which one you want. And um, she made a good decision. And we moved forward from there. But it, it, yeah, again, it's if you want to be great, honey. Got to come within you and doing that. 
and then you guys had a great relationship as well. Now, even to this day, you guys can hear the talk and you give her great ideas and training her. And uh, it's worked out really well, Brian. As a parent, I'm very, very thankful. The way you handle your business as a coach, you're very professional. You understand the body. You understand different athletes, be it cross country, wrestling, football, baseball, whatever it may be. You have that mindset. But the, the key to you is what I like is you're the best answer of the athlete and their and their success, not your success. You're you're about them, not about what you do. Well, just that coffee, you know, example that you guys just gave, just it kind of reminds me because we well, got a lot of strength and conditioning listeners that are, you know, that coaches that are listeners out there. And I think that's important for our strength and conditioning coaches to understand that, you know, even though we're helping all the athletes in the weight room you develop such good relationships with sport coaches. And in order for a good strength program to occur, you have to work together with the sport coach in order for those kids to really get the best out of their experience. And it just, I had to throw that in because it just reminded me, we've touched on that in other episodes, previous episodes, but that that's just a great example. It's coaching's relationships. And then obviously Coach Bot with Amy, you know, those relationships are way continue way longer than the training sessions do. I mean, it's a I, think, I think too in our, in, in my setting, it's also developing relationships with the parents. Yes. You know what I mean? Because, and you have to have honest, you have to have honest conversations. People's feelings sometimes are going to get hurt. You know what I mean? When you, when you tell someone, Hey, you're not doing what you need to do. These are your goals. This is where you're at right now. This is your level of effort. First and foremost, and the ownership and consistency, they don't match up. In order to get to this, you have to do this, you know, and, and especially for me, I'm 100% transparent with our, with our parents, you know, and I've never had to have these conversations with Barry because Amy was always there, but some parents, you have to call them on the phone. You have to send them a message. Hey, I'm really concerned about, you know, the focus, the level of effort. And people want to hear that. They want to know the truth. You know what I mean? Most of the time parents are going to be like, okay, we got to, you know, let's make a change or coaches will be like, okay, let's make a change because Deep down, I, I truly believe anybody in coaching or leadership, like we all three of us are and everyone, you know, hopefully everyone is listening. The athletes, the most important. And if you can put your ego aside and think about what's in the best interest for the athlete, everybody can reach a common ground. Well, it's like this, even though I'm a wrestling coach, I'm not a strength coach. And I, I knew people, well, geez, Barry, you're an Olympic athlete. You know, you ever tell Brian about what to do? Uh, no, because I'm a wrestling coach, not a strength coach. And I think as a parent, people would say, well, you're D1 coach and you should say this. I said, no, I'm not. I don't know that part. Brian's professional, I'm not. So as a parent, <clears throat> hey, Brian, you know more than I do. She's yours, do it. I'd ask questions now and then. Brian, hey, Brian said, you know, Barry, great question, but um, here's, what here's why I'm doing this. Okay, oh, good. So I think parents have to understand if they knew as much as you do, their kid wouldn't be there. Right. Mikey was there because I don't know as much as you do, Brian. So I, I put it in your hands. I think parents have to understand that. It's like, Hey, if I'm kitchen, kitchen kid at, 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 at my club, listen, Hey, if you knew as much as I did, you kid wouldn't be here. Obviously you don't. That's why he's here. So let me coach. So as a parent, I don't know what you, what you do about lifting and getting stronger and faster, et cetera. You know what? I let you do your job. That's the whole key. Barry, there's a big billboard 
outside Madison. And what does that get your edge advice if, if you are responsible for putting that information on that billboard? Say, say that one more time, please. If there's, if there's a big billboard outside Madison, you know, Wisconsin, and it's sponsored by Barry Davis, what get your edge advice would you put on that billboard? Uh, consistency. That's, that's, that's the whole thing is being consistent. You know, I, I, it's simple. I tell guys this, actually, I was talking to a young man the other day at the state championship <clears throat> and um, he's, he was going to, he's going to be a freshman next year. He's watching the state tournament. And I go, um, Hey, and I talked to his dad at the same time. And the kid, you know, wants to be a state champion. I said, how about this? If I told you to do hundred pushups every day, if you did that every day, you'd be a state championship next year. Would you do it? Oh yeah, I would do it. I would do it. Well, it, it, the key is this. I just, I didn't say what, but 200. You want to do 200? Do 200. The key is 100 every day, because now don't do it five days on. I missed a day. Then do 200 on day seven. No, no, no. Because here's the key. This consistency see is this. Because <clears throat> why? First of all, why are you doing those push-ups? Because you know what? Uh, because you want to win. When you're doing them, you're stressing winning in your mind every day. So whatever workout I have, I'm gonna do 100 push-ups extra every day because I want to win. So when you're doing, you're thinking about winning, success. Your mind sees things, expands. It's more vision, etc. But you got to be consistent in your day-to-day -day activities or to be successful in life, as well as in athletics or anything that you do. So. You ain't consistent. You can't come train with Brian eight times and then miss three and come back. Doesn't work that way. Yeah. Well, you got to be consistent. Yeah, I mean, your day to day routine. Sorry, Cole. people go this. People go, well, isn't that boring? Consistency. I go, winning is never boring, gentlemen. Right. Yes. Winning's never boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. It's like even like we did the thing. Dean, you know, and you know about this, and you know, we did the 30 pages of 10 for our kids and read 10 pages, personal development every day. You know how many people had a hard time doing that? It takes like 10 minutes a day. Eat little things like that compound. It's like, inv it's investing in yourself. You know, you're investing in yourself. You know, do you get up every morning? Like I know Dean's got me on this. I get up every morning. I have 20 ounces of water before I drink coffee because he, Tells me there's health benefits to it. I trust them, so I do it. Um, you know, and just other things that you, if you can do it on a daily basis, and that's that's where like the really great athletes. That's why they're great because they can do it, and 99% of the population just can't. You know, you, you listen to Kobe, you listen to Jordan, you listen to Tiger, you listen to all these people that are great. Consistency is the main thing as to why they're great. Very, I love that. Um, well, it's like this, Brian. Real quick. 200 push-ups a day, that's over 36,000 push-ups. stronger you are. If I go see Brian Bott, when I'm supposed to, I'm lifting maybe 5,000 pounds of weight per day. I do that three days a week. That's 15,000 pounds a week I'm lifting. Yeah. Add that over 52 weeks, that's thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds of weight. How much stronger am I now? Yeah. <laughs> Being there and have the edge with yeah. you. When we talk about it with skipping reps too, we do this with our kids where, where you start adding up the volume. If you skip two reps on a set of 10 every week and, and, you, and we do it for our kids where we show them, 
you know, if there's in a bench press, like if you're doing four sets of 10 twice a week over your course of your high school career, and we never do four sets of 10 in a bench, but if you're doing that and you skip two reps, you know, one set so that you're doing 38 reps instead of 40 reps. And, and we look at it like, even if it's a hundred pounds, you're losing like two or three tons over the course of your four year high school career. And when you start to share that with kids, they're like, you know, the light goes on and things like that. But coach, real quick, um, you know, you and coach Gable, you know, you're back together. Um, we started Silver Star Nutrition, you know, so yeah. I want I want you to give a little plug on Silver Star Nutrition, um, what it's all about. You know, you're, you know, Dean, I'll be working, plugging away. All of a sudden I see the car pull up, in comes Barry. Hey, how you doing? You know, and we'll talk a little bit, you know, yeah. and, and things like that. And again, that's one of the things I love about our relationship, you know, or I'll be at home walking the dogs and, and Barry will send me a text. Hey, stop by the gym. You weren't there. Uh, let me know when I can pop by. And the one thing with you, Barry, is I, I know Silver Star is very important. I want you to really plug it here. But when we talk, it's it, it, he's never stopping by because of that. He's just talking, stopping by to have a great conversation. That's another reason I just love him to death. But tell us about Silver Star Nutrition, Barry. Well, first of all, Ron, I have to stop by because, you know, being around you motivates me, gives me energy. And I'm always looking for an edge in training or bettering myself, et cetera. And you're always there to give it to me. And I appreciate that. But uh, Silverstar Nutrition was started by one of my former athletes, um, Brian Slater. And um, it's an all-natural protein product. So when I got out of the coaching, Brian wanted me to come up here and help support his company in doing that and doing all the research, et cetera. And um, what he did is this, Bear, I'm making a product that's all natural and it's very affordable. I'm here to, to give people an edge and not just athletic training, but their, their personal life at the same time. And uh, that's what he did. We have a whey product. We have an endurance product. We've got Gable Gold Recovery. We've got, even got a vegan product and for all kinds of different athletes at all ages. So our product only cover, covers kids from junior high, all the way up to elderly people. And it was created to an all natural product that's affordable, everybody meets their needs. And um, I just enjoy working for the company. You know, I'm on the road probably 50, 60,000 miles a year yeah. in front of people representing our product. And Brian, we talked about it many different times, you know a lot about our product, what it's all about. The key is NCA compliant, it's World Anti-Drug Association compliant at the same time. They call it WADA, World Anti-Drug Association. So anybody taking our products will never test positive for on any test whatsoever because, again, it's all natural. I think every, every you know, level of uh, testing there is. Coach, you got anything more for, for Coach Davis? No, just excited uh, to try some of those Silver Star Nutrition products. That's for They're sure. Good. They're good. They you know, And I think everybody – they get the notion, all natural, it's going to taste like broccoli. No, it's, it's, yeah. I tried them all. Um, I love them. Um, you know, obviously Barry and I have been conversing about that as well. So keep, keep everybody in the, in the hush hush on that for a little bit. Um, but you know, just, just a conclusion, Barry, I, I tell you what, you know, um, I've had a lot of, a lot of parents, a lot of coaches in my life that, you know, have supported me, um, through, you know, through different times, but the one standard that you've always been is you've been consistent with your support of both me, my family, my boys. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you always 
are, are there to ask, Hey, how are the boys doing? Hey, I saw that video of Cam. you know, he'll be like, Hey, I saw that video of cam or, you know, man, look at that, you know, look at that guy, you know, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, as a father and, and, and as a coach, um, it really having special people. And Dean is one of those people in my life too, Barry. I know you don't know, really know Dean, but you know, having guys like both of you in my life, um, you know, makes, makes my life special because I, I look at like, how am I so lucky to have such incredible men, you know, and I have incredible females in my life as well, but just two incredible guys like both of you that are leaders that put the kids first selfless. Um, and so I just, I just want to tell you, thanks for, for everything that you've done in my life. I mean, I've known you for geez, 20 plus years. Yep. Um, you always bring great energy and I'm looking forward to you know, a lot more years. And I'm really looking forward to watch that girl run hopefully someday in the Olympics too. Well, that's, that's the ultimate goal, but Brian, you have to understand this though, as, um, as a friend, but also as a parent that I got total trust in what you're doing. And I, that's the key. Um, there's a lot of people out there that take advantage and you never have, you got to have trust in, in the people you're with. And I totally trust you in what you're doing. And um, as a parent, I can say, hey, you know, I, I, my daughter's, what, 25 now almost? She's been with you for almost, almost nine to 10 years. Nine, 10 years, yep. But I, I think it's because of the trust factor, et cetera. And I, the key, other thing is this, not only trust, but I know you have her best interest. And that's another key factor that, that I, I respect about you. Trust, and you take my daughter, as well as everybody you train, you have their best interest, and that's a great one-two combination. I appreciate it. I'll well, be by again this week to say hi. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Don't forget the coffee. Um, <laughs> do you know, what do we got for the Fox Valley throws this summer? We got anything ready for the summer yet? or um, Not yet, but there'll be some June and July sessions in the summer, and we're just getting ready uh, to start track and field. It starts a week from Monday, March 7th. That's right. That's right. And just a quick plug, if you're, if you're a spring – non-spring sport athlete, right? You don't play, you know, baseball or softball, which are definitely skilled sports or soccer or lacrosse. Go out for track. Go out for track. Go compete, okay? It, it One, it can be very humbling if you think you're really fast. It can be humbling if you think you're really strong, uh, which is good. It's great to face adversity. It's great to learn new skills. It's great to be around other people. Guys, we've been in a pretty much a pandemic where everybody's been locked up hasn't been able to do stuff. You're outside. Hopefully you don't have to wear masks. You get to be around people that are, that are energetic and things like that. Plus let's say you're a, you're a fall sport athlete. It's great off season training for your summer program. Okay. So again, track coaches, don't worry. We don't need any payment or anything for this plug, but we, you know, we really want kids out for multiple sports. Okay. Get out for track, learn how to run better. Learn how to throw the shot and disc. Get in the weight room. Do all those things, all right? Quick plug for the track programs out there. Um, that's going to end it for this episode of Get Your Edge podcast. Thanks, Coach. Uh, love having you on. And we yep, will see thank you, you next time. Chop it. <laughs>